Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks and streamers but never produced, and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society, and this is it. This is our last episode of Max Fun Drive 2023. It's my interview with Brooks Whelan and Isaac Rents, and it's my last chance this year to ask you to become a member. If you're here, you probably listened to some of the Wheel and Motors episodes. You heard my pitch. Hopefully, you went to MaximumFun.org slash join and became a member or renewed or upgraded your membership. But I know some of you didn't. I know our numbers. I know how many people listen. I know how many members we have. So I know there's people out there that haven't done it yet. You've been waiting. Here is your chance. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing pretty well. We got off to a strong start, but it's slowed down a bit. I'm hoping we can finish strong. I'm going to try to keep these breaks short so you can enjoy this really fun conversation. But I really hope that you will take a minute, and it really only will take a minute, to become a member for just $5 a month by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. Here is my interview with Brooks Whelan and Isaac Rents. Brooks, Isaac, so good to see you guys again. Yeah, yeah, great to see you. That was fun. Uh, thanks for having us at, uh, what was that, a few weeks ago? It was yeah. super fun. Yeah. Yeah, I know. What, um, like, how have you been feeling about it? I know, Brooks, you were kind of like, is this going long? It seems like it's uh, it's long, but I, I really don't feel like it was. But other than that, how are you, how are you guys feeling post-read? Uh, I feel good. You know, I ju- it just was, I'm sure it's not long uh, to listeners of this because you broke it up into three yeah. episodes, but like in the room, we banged all those out in a row and I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is, this is running long. And as like a pr- guy, I produce a lot of stand-up shows and I'm always like 90 minutes tops. And, you know, when we blew 90, I was like, we still have a full episode to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, these are, you know, it often happens with these scripts because they haven't had to be cut down to time that mm-hmm. even though they're theoretically like these were 22 minute episodes of television in theory, they're right. quite a bit longer than that because <laughs> you haven't had to cut them down yet. Right. For sure. And where everyone's like, Walking up. Yeah. It was fun though. It was yeah. awesome. Uh it was a good way to say later to two years of our lives, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was two nice, years. Yeah, it was a nice piece out to uh to that project. So thanks for giving <laughs> us closure. Yeah. All, all right. Well, let's let's go back to the beginnings of that. First so so Isaac, um what so for those who don't know, Isaac's a big uh director, commercial director, music video director, directed feature films. Um, so as a writer, like ha- had you been writing before you and Brooks started writing together? Like, what's your you know, writer story? <sighs> yeah, well, you know, Brooks and I started working together on a feature script a couple years ago. Yeah. That worked better as a TV show. And that was kind of the beginning of how we worked together. I'd always thought he was really funny. Um, yeah, Isaac and I, I had met Isaac. I was engaged to Isaac's cousin where she's great, <laughs> but that's how I met Isaac. She was like, hey, my cousin directed this movie um, called uh, Opening Night. And like, anytime your girlfriend's like, my cousin directed a movie, do you want to go see it? you're usually just like, ugh, <laughs> okay. And we went and it was fucking awesome. And I was like, I got to work with this guy. He's really talented. Yeah. It was, you know, thank you, Brooks. That's yeah. Really nice. uh, <laughs> yeah. We kind of met in a, 
in a, I guess, not a very ordinary way, but yeah, like yeah. So like after we're after me and uh, Isaac's cousin split up, like Isaac and I just kind of. I was I was probably drinking a little too much at the time. Uh, I was pretty <laughs> bummed, you know. A relationship it was a, it was a bummer. But um, Isaac was like, "Just come over, let's jam on something." And then we wrote this movie, mm-hmm. and then we sold it as a TV show, and that was the first thing we ever did together. Mm-hmm. And then from that, we've been jamming since. Yeah, that was before Wheeling Motors. We showed it to the or uh, we sold it to Pop, the ill-fated network that no longer exists. They got rolled into comedy Viacom, yeah. Yeah, but it was a really good experience and we liked working together and I feel like we kind of have similar sensibilities and we're a little bit of yin to the other's yang or whatever. Like, Yeah, yeah. When we get notes, Isaac is really good at being like, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> He's more of the responder to notes. And uh, you need that in the partnership. You can't have yeah. two can't have two hotheads. It's like no, you need this, someone who's just like, come on, these aren't these are addressable. Let's just yes. sleep on it. I talk yeah. Brooks off the ledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's yeah, we work. We just work together really well, mm-hmm. which is fun. And then we both have individual projects. And they're just not as fun. You know what I mean? Like, it, I'm sure like anybody who writes, it's it's fun to write with a buddy. And then, you know, you have a thing. You're like, well, I want to do this one alone. And halfway through, you're like, well, what would Isaac think about this? Like, I had to read something the other day. And I'm like, what would you think about that? And it's funny because I've never collaborated with anyone. Like, up until Brooks, like, all of my directing was, you know, just me working. Uh, I mean, obviously with a crew and stuff. But it's become really fun to have somebody to bounce things off of and yeah and we just have a good time yeah i'd written alone my whole life um until i got snl and then once i got hired to write at saturday night live they were pretty mean and told me i wasn't funny (laughs) and made me feel like i needed to collaborate uh and so yeah after snl uh, broke broke me pretty good i was like I need someone around. Uh, my own ideas are bad, according to um, <laughs> Lauren Michael. According to Lauren, I had a, so Isaac was a great guy to bounce ideas off. Had uh, you up until SNL? I mean, had your writing just been like sketches and short form and stand up, or had you no, been writing scripts? I, I'd never written a sketch, written a sketch my whole life until I got to Saturday Night Live. It was the first wow. sketch I ever wrote. I was writing uh, half hour comedies. Uh, I'm obsessed with. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. My whole reason in moving to Los Angeles was to create my own. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, that show came out perfect time for me. Like nineteen seemed like I could make it. You know what I mean? It seemed doable. Yeah. So when I moved out here, I I had read. I start. I wrote like three or four scripts uh, about you know like each age. I would you know each time the Brooks character would get a little older, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was writing alone, writing half hour um, dark comedies, uh, very much in the vein of Whelan Motors. Like that's what I came out here to do. And then was doing stand up uh, because I also enjoy that. It's funny to think of It's Always Sunny. It's like the Ramones of TV writing. It's sort of just like makes people think like, wait a minute, like I could do that. Like, you know, they're <laughs> yeah. not like virtuosos. It's, it's done real cheap. Unfair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it gives everybody the idea that you can go into a network and just be like, well, it's five really uh, terrible people and they just kind of <laughs> hang out. And then that's like enough of a pitch to get a show off the ground. <laughs> right. Well, they uh, made, I, I mean, not to, not to be like, a, it's always sunny history podcast, oh, but I mean, like <laughs> they did like, they like shot their own stuff and like they did it. Like they, I don't think it was that easy for them. Thanks Brooks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so Isaac, what writing had you done? 
like you know before brooks like i mean a lot of it was just for short form stuff like commercials and music videos so i'd always been a huge fan of tv um i feel like both brooks and i kind of came of age during like a golden age of tv situation comedies and stuff like that and um but yeah the first show that we sold to pop i remember we were both kind of like do we know how to do this and that whoa was, hey that was i that was the fourth show i've sold yeah Dude, motors is the fifth show. <laughs> it was like <laughs> me saying yeah, i was like hey that was my fourth show yeah. that was where i kind of learned how to do it yeah. and um so by the time we sold this show to fox i think you know we both had kind of figured out how to work together and i had figured out how to really write a show yeah the shows i had sold before um i'd sold either by myself um and that was like an early one to comedy central and then the other two i was paired with like uh, senior writers you know and these are right after snl um and those guys were kind of uh you know they were there to help but they weren't there all in in the way that when isaac and i sold the show it was like we're both all in this is our only thing and mm -hmm. that's what i really loved about working with isaac those other guys were just like supervising you yeah yeah which is cool and rad but like it's fun when somebody else is like you know like you hang out with them after work too right yeah. what were so isaac when you say that golden age of like what were the shows for you was it's always sunny the big show a big show for you too or what were the shows that you, um, were like inspiring you to want to be in this i mean it's not entirely original answers probably that you haven't gotten a million times on this podcast but simpson seinfeld arrested development the British office. Um, we, we talk a lot about South Park episodes that we really love. I mean, it was a lot of stuff from that era. I, you know, I think that was one of the things that kind of led to us being excited about Wheel and Motors in particular, doing it at Fox was because they had such a pedigree of like great dysfunctional family sitcoms. Yeah. When we were growing up. We talked a lot about Malcolm in the middle married with children, Titus, arrested yeah. development like we were like dude this show's perfect for fox and then we forgot those shows are all 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's not what they do anymore yeah <laughs> we're like now it's the mass singer and lego wars yeah which is great but, <laughs> yeah but i'm just like is it great fox is, is it great <laughs> uh well we're pitching to them so it's fantastic <laughs> yeah. all right, we're pitching sure. them our new shows so. yeah. fair, fair enough um all right so you guys meet through the cousin you start you know writing together and mm -hmm. so then okay so there was a show that, that the first show you two wrote together that you yeah, said was, was what like what was that it was, show it was very fun it was called midwest best it was um based on i'm obsessed with this documentary the king of kong do you oh, know yeah, it? yeah sure yeah the, yeah it's just about people unfamiliar it's this guy who uh thinks he can be the best donkey kong player in the world and unknowingly steps into just a hornet's nest of psychosis that is video gaming yeah. uh and so i pitched it, to, pitched it pitched it to isaac and we just sat at his house and wrote uh midwest best which was pretty much just kind of a ripoff of that only it was about um stand-up comedy in cedar rapids in the small town uh comedy scene and it was about a guy going trying to win uh, on his 10th and final try, the Cedar Rapids funniest comic. And, um, and, uh, it was just these like unlikable characters, but like you have a unwilling, uh, I don't know how to well, explain it. Well, it was kind of like, we, we talked a lot about how we loved like best in show. Yeah. And a lot of those, um, 
Oh, his name's escaping me now. I should know this. Oh, it's great. Uh, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of his like uh, mock documentaries where it's like people taking something really seriously that's not that serious. And, you know, Brooks grew up doing comedy in, in Cedar, Iowa. In Cedar Rapids. Yeah. So guys take it really serious there. <laughs> so basically the crux of this show was I'm this crazy maniac um, who has been doing comedy way too long is, you know, thinks he's great, but he's bad. My, his his manager is his cousin who is an idiot as well and his cousin is married to um uh this sweet girl who gets annoyed and like it's like i'm just gonna do stand-up too and she becomes my villain uh and i'm out to get her and that's what that show was and then i think like 30 stand-up comedy shows came out in a row <laughs> like between fucking hacks mazel <laughs> Crashing. uh crashing yeah. yeah and i was like oh woof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we still wrote a really good pilot but by i the love time that we pilot but done, yeah but it was we a crowded done, marketplace you were going into by, yeah. by that time yeah um and then so how what were the early conversations like th this seems and this is so personal brooks this is so much your family it's like these are your parents real names right and all this like um yeah, and fox made me change my brother's name it's like we <laughs> it was everyone's real names uh and they were like it's too confusing their names are brad brett and brooks and i'm like yeah that's what's interesting about these idiots right <laughs> but it, you know what's funny is while we were writing midwest best Brooks would sometimes tell me like, oh, my my dad, Jim, just texted me something crazy. He's working at a fireworks stand right now or something. And I, yeah. I'd be like, well, that's right there. It's something really interesting we should try to incorporate into this show. And, and we never were able to, but we were like, we should do something with all of these you know, weird things that Jim was getting up to in Iowa. Yeah. And I was always like, so I think I talk about it a little bit at the thing, but I always find found car dealerships, which were where my dad, I grew up, you know, around car dealerships. My dad managed a car dealership. I always found them so interesting. The characters who work, they're so interesting. It's like a job you don't need a resume for. And I was always like, there should be a show about a car dealership. There should, there's, there, there's so much here. It's also like such a universal thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the world, or maybe not the world, at least the United States has gone through some sort of car buying process. And then I also was like, there's also some sort of show about my family because my middle brother, he has three kids and he named them Lincoln, Landon, and Layton, and he's repeating the cycle and um, of of what my dad did to us, you know? And, I, and then this was just kind of like a Hail Mary, like, let's throw both of these show ideas into one show and make it like, a, like, this has to work because we're out of ideas <laughs> and it almost did yeah it definitely came close so it wasn't like you were because this seems like this is your most autobiographical you know story in a way it wasn't like you had been thinking about this but weren't in the place where you felt like you could do it justice it just hadn't like even though it was sort of staring you in the face it hadn't really occurred to you until you guys started talking about doing it Right. Yeah. And it was like the two guys who really helped push me forward to do it were um, Tim Robinson and Zach Cannon. They like who made I Think You Should Leave and helped me. Uh, we would write together at Saturday Night Live a lot. They we went out to eat one time because they were just sitting there working on I Think You Should Leave in there. And I would explain to him about how my dad got in a fight with the band Sticks while he was selling fireworks at the Waterloo Walmart parking lot. And they like <laughs> took me out to lunch and they were like, 
you got to make that show. <laughs> like that's the show. Uh, and then they got really busy because, you know, they're incredible writers. Um, and then I was like, Isaac, we got to make this show, dude. Like, let's go make this show. And then when we did the table read at Fox, Tim Robinson was always, we were always writing for Tim Robinson um, to play the middle brother. And he he did the table read at Fox that we did. Um, but there's no but. Bobby Moynihan fucking who read it at the read was incredible Incred- at incredible. it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what's, you know, to me, what struck me because I, um, you know, had watched the table read. And I should say it's a, it's an unusual thing. Normally, every pretty much every single pilot we've done on Dead Pilot Society is being read for the first time. And, you know, whatever, this one obviously like was read once. But I watched that and like Tim, you know, Tim Robinson's incredible. And you just have him in your head and you feel like, oh, it's got to be him. And then Bobby Moynihan plays it very differently but also mm-hmm. is hilarious and it's just like oh well that's just a it's a good role <laughs> you know it's, it's a like, great yeah <laughs> i mean it was such a fun role also the reason we have three of these is because this is fox's new pilot this is how they do pilots now like allegedly ours would have been shot had we written it a year ago but we were the first show that they were like we can save money if we don't shoot a pilot we have them we have these guys leverage every friendship they have to come into fox in the middle of a thursday do the table read only for executives and people who work here because at first it was going to be at largo and i was like done smash um but then they're like no they have to come into fox it's fox ip uh and so they'll get us to do that for free as opposed to shooting the pilot which costs a lot of money and then they'll just have us write two more episodes without a writer's room and so they're like, and this is the new way we do pilots. And I'm like, I don't love it. <laughs> it's not as fun, but but I guess thanks. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, let's get to how that happened because it is so new and kind of odd. But so you guys, you, you sold this as a pitch, right? You didn't, you hadn't written it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went in and we sold it to Fox. Um, uh, Pretty pretty quick. It was yeah. like a quick. It was it was great. There were and, and the pitch really, and the the pitch was you know tell tell me a little bit about how you pitched the show. Pitch was way different actually. Yeah, it changed a lot over the course of actually writing it. But I mean, the essence was still there, right? It was they I think were interested in finding a dysfunctional family comedy, and you know Brooks started telling them all these stories that had really happened to him in real life. And yeah. I think that that was something that really appealed to them that this, you know, was coming from a real place. Well, at first I wasn't, we weren't, we didn't set out to make a network comedy like mm-hmm. by any means. We thought um, this was going to be way too weird to be on a network. Yeah. Because initially it was more, even more autobiographical about a guy who goes to New York, works on a show, doesn't do well, comes home and everyone there thinks that he thinks he's famous. And uh, he like written a thing, and then at the end of first season, his he starts to write about season one, and his dad sues him. So season two is his dad and him are in litigation over using the life rights of him and his family. So that was like what the show we were trying to make was because we were like we need to make this like FX style show of you know like, and then Fox uh, to their like great credit was like hey ease up on all this like higher narratives. There's like two hundred episodes. Of- about this family and this car dealership mm-hmm. just get there as quick as you can and they were totally right yeah and um yeah there's some credit then they had like a real vision for it and, you know we one of the things that was really interesting was on that pitch we got into a long conversation about how 
Brooks's one of Brooks's favorite shows growing up was Titus. Yeah. Which is kind of like not a super well-known show. I think at this point, it only lasted yeah. a couple seasons, but like they had been talking about how in the comedy department at Fox, they loved that show so much and wishes they had like a new version of that. Yeah. And you were, Brooks was talking about how much that show had influenced him as a kid. And I will say this, the comedy department at Fox fucking rules. Amazing. Yeah. Um, outside of them, not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> they were all about it. This show is like, if you ask the comedy, the people at Fox, they were like, yeah, we want this to go. Um, and then I got, it got down to us. And now this new show coming out called animal control. And they were like, we're going to go with uh, animal control. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, rock so and roll. <laughs> we still love Fox and we wish great things. Yeah. Sure, yeah but it was, sure. I'm not, yeah. Not expecting but it was like, to... yeah, it, it came down to us in that show and they went, they went with that show. And then I saw a commercial for it the other day and I did email Fox where I was like, there's a eight foot yellow rock Python around Joel McHale's neck. And I was like, you guys got to see how this is a little upsetting to me. <laughs> yeah, might need to edit that. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, if you listen sure. to this show and you watch that show, I'm like, guys, we that is in the script that we give yeah. you. I don't, it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, um, maybe it makes you think like, oh, yeah, pick up the Python show. And it just was a mix up. They thought yeah. they were picking up Wheel and Motors, but they just got the wrong Python show. I'm just like, change the color of the snake. <laughs> So you okay? So that's interesting. You pitched a show which is a little bit different, and did and just because I'm always curious how people how pitches begin. Like when you walk in the room, like how you start a pitch. People ask me about like how you know how do you do this? Did you just sort of launch into telling your story, Brooks, about growing up and the, the car dealership, or do you remember how that pitch started? Yeah, well, the reason Isaac and I are good at pitches because Isaac is really uh, he's got a great. Um, like creative director brain. So we have like a really solid pitch deck that we go off of and, um, you know, photos that are in specific stories of the things that happened. And so, yeah, I'm just talking about my family and, you know, um, and then just showing them literal stuff offline about my family, what the dealership looks like, just, you know, factual information about it. And, uh, they were just, in, they were like on board. I think like they came into the pitch one, like hoping that this was going to work, which is, you know, you go into a lot of pitches where they're like looking for a reason not to make it. That sucks. I felt right. like in this pitch, they were looking mm -hmm. for a reason to make it. Mm -hmm. And they, and uh, it was great. It was like a wonderful pitch to where afterwards I was like, so rarely do I leave a pitch thinking like, yo, we sold that. But I did think we, after we left that pitch. And you did too, Isaac. Yeah, you know, it was a funny pitch because it was it was in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, it was a Zoom pitch. It was a Zoom pitch, which is not ideal. Uh, we were in separate rooms. I was on vacation. I was driving through Tucson. I was in a hotel room. I mean, every <laughs> aspect of it was less than ideal. But the second that Zoom started, it just felt like everybody was on the same page. Yeah. The, the comedy department just immediately understood what we were trying to make. And um yeah, it, it really was because we pitched it a couple other places, too, and it definitely didn't have the same. Well, you know feeling. what's you know, what's actually <laughs> true is like we we like took it out to pitch it. And a lot of people were like, no, we're not really that interested in a car dealership show or whatever. Fox bought it. And then everyone was like, wait, we want to hear that show. Yeah. <laughs> like, then we re then we pitched to like seven more networks because Fox was like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, 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 what? Sure. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Rock and roll. And I'm like. <laughs> 
I always wanted to go with Fox, but I was like, you know, I'm like, well, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more money if somebody else <laughs> wants and they bid for it. Yeah, know? of course. You got to do that. Yeah. Um, so at what point, what point do they just ask you to write two more? And where does the, is that after you do that table read, they ask oh, you to write two more or that's journey, before? Yeah. Dude, it was, it was so gnarly. The things that happened, um, <laughs> it made like it, the process truly made me uh, miss Saturday Night Live. That's how stressful <laughs> it got. It was crazy, man. We had to cancel cancel Christmas trips to like get a new draft in. Um, and then, like, you know, you work and it's like, <laughs> we're going to wait for them. So we turn in our pilot and they're like, great, do it again. Uh, but do it again now. And we're like, it's like December 22nd. And they're like, yeah, we don't, it's, you know, you guys, do you guys want a show? And we're like, of course, never mind. Do it again, meaning like do another, do episode two or just no, do, a, do pass. a big, re do, a, do another do pass. A, do okay. a pretty big sure. rewrite. Okay. And so we did this big rewrite over Christmas and we turned that in and they're like, this is great. We, this is where we want it. This is awesome. Um, we're not doing pilots anymore. We're doing pilot <laughs> presentations. Yeah. Okay. That was like the first thing that came so, up that was kind of weird because they what they wanted to do, I think they had this idea that pilots are expensive. You can save money if you basically just shoot like half of a pilot. So they're yeah, like, can like, you take shoot, your 20 something page script? 35. Yeah. 35, make it have the same story, but in eight pages. <laughs> Yeah, in two locations. <laughs> so we were like, we wrote that. So we wrote the pilot presentation, and that was like, this needs to be done today. And um, and you know. I was sweating it. I was like, this is. I mean, I've spent years shooting commercials and music videos and, and a movie and all that stuff. So in my brain, I was like, something here doesn't add up. Like you still have to pay for the crew and the days that you're shooting and stuff. I, I was like, I don't know how we're gonna like make this work for the money. And I think they eventually got to that same place too and they but it like, took four months yeah. of them to learn i was like on a trip to miami so we turn in our finished pilot i would say january 3rd mm -hmm. um then we wait like two months before they're like do the pilot presentation right now and we're like okay <laughs> yeah so we do the pilot presentation then i think it's like three more months of like every friday every friday at five I, my heart would sink because we didn't get news. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. I knew I had through another weekend of not knowing. Mm -hmm. And each Monday they'd be like, we're probably going to know this week. <laughs> <laughs> and that went on for a while. And then I was in Miami. Um, and also shout out to Chad Giddenden, who uh, they gave us as a supervisor who fucking crushed it, yeah, helping us write really the Really talented writer. The best. We love Chad. Um, and then uh, I get a call from Dave Kneebone, who is the, uh head producer at abso who we took this out with and he's like okay um so we're gonna move forward and i'm like awesome uh we're gonna shoot something you know because i want to uh, my whole goal is to shoot something let's get heidecker robinson moynihan paul Shear. let's get us all in a room and shoot something he's like we're not shooting anything um <laughs> we're going to do a table read also this is the first time they've done this uh we're gonna do a table read and you need two more episodes in 10 weeks. Um, and to write the pilot, they probably gave us four months. And so <laughs> I was in Miami and I was like, okay, <laughs> can we get like any help? Like so, uh, like a writer's room just for a week? Because two episodes of TV from 
zero from zero ideas uh <laughs> and it, it was a lot and they were like for sure and that never happened um oh, so, can i also ask was this free work no 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 they had it in the contract uh it was called backup scripts yeah okay so but, so they're paying you to write those two but but, but not diff, as much as not as much as to pay the, no, the pilot like, like a guild w, minimum kind of thing yeah guild minimum yeah. yes they get around okay. it by calling it backup scripts instead of calling it like a, episode two episode yeah we two. couldn't turn in episode two we would turn in backup <laughs> backup script, uh, script two a, yeah. b yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. so we had to call them backup scripts like for legal reasons <laughs> Um, it was kind of amazing like it was like a boot camp it was i will say that those 10 weeks of writing episodes two and three is the most fun i've ever had uh working in my entire life like i loved it it was like we were laughing so hard nick rutherford <laughs> came in and we spent like a full day just developing lizard world town like <laughs> uh i would i live in glassell park and i would go ride my bike to abso which is in burbank and we would write all day mm -hmm. and like we had these super hard deadlines and I don't think I've ever been that happy in my whole life. It was so <laughs> fun. And that's what made it suck too when it didn't go. It was like knowing how much fun this show could have been to me. We we definitely got into like a rhythm where we felt like we understood the characters. Mm -hmm. I, like by the time we were done with the second backup script, I think we felt like we could have written 10 more. Yeah, we were like so excited to start jamming on, you know, yeah. new because like we came up with so many different ideas for the, those two episodes that we had just like the first season ready to rock. We, we felt, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was so and, fun. And Brooks was training like Rocky. Like, oh, yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> he wanted to look really good. I the, table read. <laughs> the, other, <laughs> the other thing was, so they never met me yeah. uh, in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm the lead of this fucking television show. And so I'm like, yo, I got to look good at this table read because this is the first time they'll meet me. So I went on like a fast and I would ride my bike to work, run three miles. Then we'd ride all day. Then I'd run three more miles. Then I'd ride my bike home. And yeah, I lost like 20 pounds. And Brooks was looking like Hugh Jackman and Wolverine. Like it was... <laughs> I like, yeah. I was like, you don't want to look this good for the show. It's um, a comedy. You don't want yeah, to look jacked. <laughs> well, I was just like, I I need to look like I should be the lead of a television show. You know what I mean? I took it just so serious, and it was, uh, it was a really exciting. Uh, I I think it comes through in episodes two and three. The pilot to me is is uh like it's a pilot. You know, it's kind of formulaic. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm moving home. Uh, you know what? I decided to stay here. But episodes two and three are where I was like, yeah, this is where I want the show to live. Right. It I gets weirder. It. You know, and I think we were like really proud of them, too, because they were written on such a short deadline. And just the two of us like banging our heads against the wall, trying to come up with crazy stuff for everybody to do. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think there's like something about that deadline that actually made us go with our guts a lot more too, where it was like, we don't have time to overthink this. We just have to go with the joke that made us laugh. Mm -hmm. That's how you get something like lizard world town in episode three, because you don't have enough time to second guess yourself. Yeah. Right. And it it's ends also, up being like one of our fun, funniest things. It's also, that's how you would work if the show went. Yeah. <laughs> that's the actual schedule, except you have a little bit more extra time. You know, it's just yeah. like, dude, we, yeah. and some help. Like We got the schedule yeah. too. It got so close. They were like, I had to have a talk. We were going to, so we were going to shoot in Atlanta. And since we were shooting and the turn, they were turn around. They wanted, they were like, it's up to you, Brooks uh, and Isaac. 
Um, and I wanted to be there for everything, like writing, shooting, and editing. So we decided to do them all in Atlanta. Like we're at that point of the process that I have to ask my girlfriend, I'm going to move to Atlanta for like seven months. Is that okay? And she's like, we'll make it work. Like that's how like much I thought this show was getting made. And we were kind of being told it was getting mm -hmm. made. Uh, they were showing us the, like, can you guys meet this schedule? Like the dates, the delivery dates, the air dates, all of Jesus. it. And I'm like, I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. We just banged out. If you give us one more writer, it will help so much. <laughs> um, like give us Rutherford, just let us hire Rutherford. Um, and that's kind of what led to the table read too. I think they were like, this is faster than a pilot. And this, it's obviously cheaper, which I think was really important to them too. I think every network's trying to save money right now, but like, I think their whole idea was kind of like, if it works as a table read, it'll work as a show yeah because it's, it's like proof that the script works they like all the characters and it makes sense all right i'm back i'm back with a little thought experiment what if next month and next month's episode i said hey listen um i'm sorry but we just didn't get enough members for this to make sense for us to keep working this hard and keep doing this so we're gonna call it a day that's it that's a wrap no more dead pilot society would you feel like, damn, I wish I had kicked in five bucks a month to show those guys that people like the show, right? I mean, I'm not thinking that you're going to like feel like your life is over, but maybe you'd be kind of bummed. Maybe you'd be $5 a month worth to, to not be bummed, bummed, if that makes sense. Don't live with regret. Join, renew, or upgrade today. Where are my Iowans at? You know, we're bringing you this authentic Iowa content the networks wouldn't bring it to you. We're bringing it to you. It's only here. I'd really like to look and see that our Iowa supporter numbers just blow up. All right, quick reminder on the gifts. $5 a month gets you all of our bonus content, all of the other Max Fun shows bonus content. It is a ton. At $10 a month, you get a really cool Dead Pilot Society sticker. You can stick this. You can unstick it, stick it, unstick it. Uh, it's a great design. Um, if any of you have ever gotten the patches or the pins before, you know, Max Fun comes up with some great designs and this is a really cool one. 20 bucks a month, you get the recipe book, recipes from all the Max Fun hosts, including me and the maximum flavor spice blend, which is so good. If you don't cook, you don't want that. You can get the Max Fun Rocket logo hat, which is a great hat. Wear it on all of your walks. Plus, you get the sticker and the bonus content. And $35 a month gets you my favorite of these gifts, which is this Maximum Fun apron. It's a really nice apron. 35 bucks a month. It's not a crazy amount. All right, look, time is running out on our final Max Fun Drive episode. So head on over to MaximumFun.org slash join and become a member. Now back to my conversation with Brooks and Isaac. I have never felt more positive about anything in my life than when we left the table read at Fox. Yeah. We went out to Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, <laughs> me and Isaac and Kneebone, and we were like, we did it. This is going to be a show because in our brains, episodes two and three are funnier. And we just killed the table read for like, you know, a pretty difficult room 
of executives. Because we have to set up that table read. Like that was not a friendly table read. Like, no, it was. It was in front of a bunch. It was in the most boring little box of a room with five cameras. Box. Five cameras. Yeah, got we, it. We did not. I thought there was going to be one camera in the back, kind of doing like one big wide shot that they could use. You know, if they wanted to like show it to somebody who couldn't be there that day, they had like a five camera setup. They basically <laughs> almost shot it like a multicam, um, and then cut it together afterwards to be like a little proof of concept thing. So a whole environment was not really set up for comedy. It and, felt very scary and intimidating for the performers, I think. Yeah, but then it went off like so well. Yeah. I like, I was like, I think I I teared up like in the car, like driving <laughs> out of there. Like I was like, I think we did it. We just mm -hmm. did it, man. And it was just so exciting. Um, and then, yeah. And then when we found out, uh, like, and also it wasn't like a slow find. It wasn't a quick find out. It was like drag three months of like, we're trying to find room for it, you know, um, which I'm like, just, just freaking kill me. You know, like, just to, like kill the show. Um, and to like, I mean, I got to, to his credit, the, the president main guy of, of Fox seems Michael Thorne. He called me, um, and was like, after it didn't go and he was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like, really wish we could make the show. Sorry. You know, like if there was a way we could make the show, we would. And I, in my head, I'm like, you can't. <laughs> right. You're, you're the person who can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I was like, it's, I'm, I guess you're just beaten down so much that I'm like, you know, that was a pretty nice call. Like yeah. I was like, <laughs> I think I told him afterwards, I was like, I respect this call, Mike. Thank you very much. Like, which is like, he's like, what? I don't know. I'm just, like, you're so desperate said, for any little, just being treated like a human in those situations I, at all. It's that's so, exactly like, what it was. I was like, he knows I exist. Like, yeah. Also, it made it so difficult. I think for us too, is that the entire way through the process, we were getting great feedback on everything. And they were being very like they were uh, so generous. nice. Yeah. Like the president of comedy, uh, who's awesome, uh, Julia Franz is her name. And then the, the, the VP, uh, who was our like lead person, um, Alana Romanoff, they uh Romanoff, um, they took me out to dinner after it was announced to be like, This sucks, we're sorry, you know, mm -hmm. we love this project, we're we're really bummed. Like, that's you know, that shit goes a long way with me like not. I could be, you know, I'm I'm mad that they used a yellow python, but like <laughs> those people, I'm like, I really like them. You know yeah. what I mean? Sure. I mean, and the, the people at that level, they, I'm sure they were super bummed. I'm sure they did love it and really wanted it to happen. Yeah. It's not their call. You know? Well, some um, of them even ended up at the table read that we did for Dead Pilots Society. Yeah, yeah. they came to the table read for Dead Pilots yeah, to be like, really yeah, nice. just like supportive and nice. Well, um, and that's the thing too. Like, I think it was disappointing for them. They also felt like they had spent a lot of time with these characters. They wanted to see it brought to life too. You know, it's just as, not just as, but yeah. on, a, on a smaller level, it is also very disappointing for them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely not as much, but, but certainly it's disappointing. You know, it's not, no, like, no not, yeah, not as not, much. They didn't, no. they didn't get hives. <laughs> yeah. I got hives at one point. I took a photo of my, I took a photo of hives and sent it to, uh, them and I was like, you guys are, you guys got to give me an answer. I have hives right now. Like, please, <laughs> like my body's rejecting the emotion that's going through this. So, but they, you hadn't hired like a line producer. You hadn't gotten to that, or had you? Because it sounds no, like we, you're you're getting into like scheduling and all that, yeah. and no, we had, sound um, stages. Like we had, um, they were getting into, they were getting into casting directors, approved budgets, yeah, like, budgets. Like it was the whole thing. It yeah. was. It was there. Yeah. I like, That's I was okay. I like, <laughs> I had to sign off on stuff. 
like it was weird it was it was into product pre-production for sure isaac were you gonna direct um no not necessarily not the pilot just because it's more of like a network thing and they have their right. people I, I you know at some point i would have loved well, it was definitely isaac to direct yeah for sure at some point i wasn't like attached to direct the pilot though. yeah but right. we're like whoever you want for the pilot we're yeah. basically whatever you want for the pilot <laughs> like, bring in seth rogan to direct the pilot i won't <laughs> as long as this gets made like yeah <laughs> and did you have thoughts like i mean from your director's eye like on how this was going to be shot just because you know you know it's not a mockumentary doesn't have voiceover mm-hmm. you know a lot of the real successful single cameras do one of those tricks or have some other gimmicky visual Weird. thing yeah we totally we had we had talked like i mean we we pushed back like tim heidecker was uh a producer on it as well and he was mm -hmm. like because at first we were going to do flashbacks you know and he was like no it's kind of a crutch you know we're like a uh like the intro will be a commercial for wheeland motors or whatever and then we're like no it's a crutch tell the story Mm -hmm. like so we like really I mean, you can talk about it. We decided to make it as hard as possible, but we think in the end, the best possible product. I think we, you know, like I said, Brooks and I have a lot of the same favorite shows. We we always admired the way that like Eastbound and Down. Yeah, Eastbound and Down, like that's just a straightforward show, man. I mean, yeah. And just Eastbound and Down and It's Always Sunny were kind of always our North Star. Just mm-hmm. like, what would they do, you know? Yeah. It's just, you know, when you think about network single cameras, Right. There's not (laughs) a lot of network single cameras that don't use one of these. It's just something I think about too. Cause like my, I have the same instincts you do. If I'm writing a single camera, like I was just just like, just write it without the gimmicks and just make it great. And then you see like, it's really tough for those shows to break through, especially on network and and the things you know it's just like abbott elementary it's like it's a mockumentary you know or mm-hmm. like blackish has voiceover and a bunch of other like animation and gimmicky things like going back to like my name is earl was like you know the 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 single cameras that have worked malcolm in the middle like they're not just shot like a movie you know they're not just mm-hmm. like a fast-paced good movie so it's you know it's just I, just, I think we always braced for having to make some sort of concession, but but they, we never tried had, to stick to our guns. Yeah, and Heidecker, mm-hmm. you know, Tim Heidecker is a cool, cool guy who was attached to play um, Todd in the show and producing it. And you know, he's he's got street cred. He doesn't want to be on a dorky. <laughs> not to say any of those shows were dorky, but he doesn't want to be on a dorky network TV show. So he, you know, he made pretty pretty clear, like, yo, I'm this show has to be like cool. Like, right. and I'm not saying like, hey, the, Wheeler Motors is the coolest show of all time. I'm just saying like, <laughs> he was like, no gimmicks, you know? Yeah. Um, did, did anyone ever say like, what's the tone? <laughs> oh, yeah. And like, I, and what was I your answer? Even, <laughs> what would our tone be? Well, I mean, for me, I would always just be like the tone, like, like all you need to know is like in the three episodes, the music that plays is... uh pantera um <laughs> uh white zombie and the cars like that to me was the tone like pantera white zombie and the cars like that like i, I well, think you're giving I, I, like execs a, like too much credit to think that would mean anything to them I, well this wasn't even to execs i don't know yeah this I, will was say just, this. I, I think we made a lot of rules for ourselves when we wrote the show and, and one of them was that we wanted things to still feel grounded even if it went into places that were a little slapsticky or something like that and i and we wanted 
you know, and this was part of our original pitch too. You know, there's not a lot of shows uh, on TV right now that portray the Midwest in a realistic way. And we wanted this show to actually feel like it was set in Iowa. You know, we, we talk about something where we like parks and rec. It's a great show. We never felt like it really took place in. Yeah. I lived in Iowa and I watch, you know, like I see the mural on parks and rec of them, like, um, killing native americans and i'm just like that's not in that doesn't exist man <laughs> that's what like people in hollywood think the midwest has i'm like no it's it'll be a bad it'll be a bad mural but it's not going to be celebrating <laughs> you know <laughs> we tried really hard to make it feel like it wasn't just a show written by a bunch of guys that live in silver lake you know <laughs> we wanted it to feel very authentic to to the experiences that people had in the midwest we wanted people in the midwest to feel like they weren't being punched down on and that it was something that was very relatable i mean there are a lot of references in this i mean the, like casey's yeah the references are and, are pretty heavy like to where afterwards my um reps were like what is breakfast pizza and i'm like ask 100 million people in the midwest yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking thing <laughs> but like that's why you know and that's why we also made a rule that like we didn't want to have a bunch of pop culture references that were, oh yes they were extremely outdated you're <laughs> pop we made we're i think they're what were the only pop culture references well you've got me I mean, they're michaels. going to see brett michaels right yeah oh I yeah mean, brett michaels so, but he's yeah. timeless you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> and like that's from that's real like brett michaels came like these are all very specific stories from growing up where yeah. i missed brett michaels concert you know <laughs> um well we didn't want the show to be filled with like for lack of a better term, like kind of like Twitter jokes or something like we wanted right. these to to feel like it was a real like self-contained world that took place actually in well, we, Iowa. Yeah, well, you watch Cheers. There are references, but they're they're, you know, baseball references because he played fucking baseball. You know what I mean? Right. You watch Roseanne. They're not, you know, like this is like this goodbye with this. Like, no, Roseanne is just Roseanne, you know, it's taking place in its time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in, no, you don't really, want things that immediately date it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, we want we wanted people to be able to watch this show in uh, in twenty years and right. then go on a podcast and talk about why their show didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, David Crane on Friends was always like good about like like rejecting those super timely references and the ones that like that slip by are the things that are are like they're going to see Hootie and the Blowfish. They're the most mocked moments exactly on the I show thought. is because they're just <laughs> yeah. like such a time stamp and although that hootie episode is like a great time capsule i love that they go to it, it is i mean show. i guess it's great in that way but it's also just so you know like yeah. of that moment and it makes it just you know kind of dorky but you're right you know like on cheers i remember in the pilot of cheers they're talking about like what's the sweatiest movie ever made like you know spartacus or but you know they're like talking about stuff that's not of that exact moment in time and so it yeah. just ages really well Sometimes yeah. you can get like a cheap laugh just from something being like, oh, that's of this moment. And we yeah. just didn't want to. Yeah, we also like we're our, you know, the whole Brett Michaels episode. Everyone agrees he rules. You know what I mean? We didn't want <laughs> yeah. anybody. I, I don't like any of the snark. You know what I mean? Like be right. mean to each other, but like don't be mean to other stuff. Like, I don't know. I really like the idea of like writing stuff that is like it's easy to write why something sucks it's harder to write why something rocks you know what i mean and i'm always kind of like i like characters who are excited and they like stuff you know what i mean yeah. like i like i don't know they could be grumpy but they freaking love you know pantera you know yeah. like he oh the other part in the read that i was like oh paul sheer does not know 
this Limp Biscuit song. He had not. He got, it wasn't it Limp Biscuit. Yeah, yeah. He was because to sing something from Nookie. Yeah, he goes. Nookie. I came into this world as a reject. Look into these eyes and into the eyes of the flames. And then when Paul did it, I go. Oh, Paul isn't up to date on Limp Biscuit. Paul's way cooler than us. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. like I'm like, oh no, this is a song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's really actually kind of beautiful. It's like spoken word. Yeah, <laughs> it's also so easy to write this world because my brother Brad would do these things, mm-hmm. you know, who was based on and like they they're just extreme. Everyone's an extreme version of themselves, except possibly Jim. Who might be a toned down version of who my dad is? Briggs's dad really is. No, he's he he'll listen to this, yeah. so he's a very cool guy. He's a great guy, <laughs> but he did get he did get in a fight with the band Sticks at his Walmart parking lot where he sold fireworks. Mm-hmm. Like Wait, so, so the whole band walked in. Like no, uh, <laughs> no, no. It's even crazier. He sl- so he sleeps he, he sleeps in the fireworks tent overnight. So no one robs him. Uh, he's, he's too cheap. cheap. But yeah. then he also complains about how hot it gets because it's the 4th of July. That's the whole pilot, you know? Yeah. Um, so he was sleeping in his fireworks tent and the tour bus for Sticks pulled up next to him because it's free to stay in a Walmart parking lot. And they wouldn't turn their generator off. And he went over to tell him to shut the fuck up. And they were like, we'll knock you out, dude. Like, <laughs> And so he wrote like a Facebook post attacking Sticks. But at the same time, letting everyone know he's living in a Walmart parking lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's real. So that's harder. You know, that that didn't get into the show because that's too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would have gotten there. Did yeah. did any of your family watch the recording of the table read? Like, have they read it? Like- My family is so supportive. They're like, so like uh i felt bad for them you know like i feel bad for me but like my nephews lincoln landon and layton like they i had to like because i'd send them the scripts and they would be like they just looked to see if they got lines so i had to like sprinkle lines for my nephews to get to get things you know what i mean and one of them like he was like can i be in it and i was like for a second i was like yeah there are various minor roles and then i was like no i don't need to hire my nephew to be on a tv show who lives who doesn't live here uh but yeah, they were like, they were so stoked. And like, my dad's a pretty h- harsh critic on like the, th- on like my comedy and the things I do and comedy in general. And he was like, this is the funniest show. Like, I think really truly believe like, if you live in the Midwest, this show would have hit so hard. He was like, this is very specific. And he really liked it. They liked it a lot. I felt bad for them that it didn't go. Yeah. Um, it's uh yeah what's interesting is like the executives i mean it seems like your execs you were dealing with really got this and got you know and maybe i don't know where they're from you know maybe there are people from the midwest it's just like there you know there's always going to be that divide between the actual audience for network tv these days Mm. and who the executives at network tv are and like the understanding of that taste there's a lot of people in the midwest who are still watching network television you know but they may not yeah. have their representatives among the the gatekeeping ranks yeah well uh, julia who's the head of comedy at the time she was like in the pitch she was like oh i have a brother who lives in decor i was like he must work at luther college and he did <laughs> you know and it was like so she had like family there maybe she could like send to be like does this make sense to you guys maybe right. i don't know if she, <laughs> but like and then i know alana is from like canada so 
at least those two and they're the two who moved it up and they really yeah. wanted to get it made and then it got you know to the to the final boss and, and i'm sure it was like there's some factor that is completely you know you'll never know what it was that made the difference between those two shows at some super high level that you we never are privy to mm -hmm. and it could have been the craziest reason like at the last minute that just and like, it could sways have them. just been someone's gut instinct too like i don't even know if there was a good reason for it. Like, I, I think my feeling is it's probably anything but that like i i don't think it's i don't think it's gut instinct anymore you know i think it's like some other marketing focus grouped like decision mm. that doesn't come from a gut instinct i mean maybe yeah, it's just through an feel, algorithm like and... that it used to be like you had a brandon tartikoff or whatever it's just like i'm going with my gut i like this show it makes me laugh you know and mm. then we've sort of gone away from that's exactly that's what I'm, that this process made me really kind of appreciate Lauren Michaels in like a whole new way because what that guy said what 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 he feels he does you know what I mean yeah. like he hired me on a on just boom you're hired and then like when it wasn't working he was like you're out you know and I'm like <laughs> I at least like uh, like admire that that dude is gunslinging you know yeah. what I mean and I think you're right I think mm -hmm. it it was it's less of gunslinging and more of like. I think Chad, who was helping supervise our first one, and Emily Cutler helped supervise episodes two and three. She rules. Uh, but I think Chad was like, "Let's hope that this sells some soap." Like, <laughs> like that's what it, that's all that. That's matters. what that's that is what we're doing. Um, that's cool. That Emily's, you know, we've had done one of her dead pilots on the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, you did that. Emily's great. Emily rules. You did Step Dave. We did. And Step actually, Dave. I did an ABC show with the original step dave who was this new zealand guy jono oh. he was the step dave from dave new, zealand. new zealand oh that's so funny yeah and then the, so then when i saw she wrote on that i was like i know the real step dave like <laughs> I, yeah that, that guy's awesome <laughs> um so isaac uh something you said at the show which i really want to get into which was how much you like this podcast um and uh you know it's this episode and all of you know three episodes of the show are happening during our annual fun drive so why don't you just talk a little bit about dead pilot society and what you yeah. love about it <laughs> you know going back to when me and brooks first started working together and he had more television experience than i did i put myself through a crash course where and i'm sure everybody kind of does this at some point i was like reading all the books you're supposed to read about how to write uh, for TV and comedy and uh, listening to podcasts and things like that. And one of the most valuable things I found was this podcast because it's, I think, super helpful to hear the stuff that didn't work for other people. Um, and I think you do a great job of going deeper than just, uh, you know, talking about like what happens in a script, but but also what happens behind the scenes and you know the inner workings of networks and things like that so i think there was a period of time where like i would wake up in the morning walk my dog listen to one of your podcasts go to brooks house work for four hours go back home listen to another one of the podcasts <laughs> just to like kind of get into that rhythm i mean like that john hodgman episode from very early on was like something that i must have listened to like six or seven times i think you had a pilot that the, i can never remember what it's called it's the one with the male doula the doula the doula where I was like, <laughs> you know, I really loved the story behind it. And then I, I was like, this is not maybe like a log line that would appeal to me, but the, the execution was amazing. And I think, yeah, I think this is just such an invaluable podcast for people who, I don't know. Sometimes it just feels like you're so siloed when me and Brooks were working together every day at ABSO, 
it was like, what else is going on out there? You know, and it would help. We would talk to other writer friends like Joe Mandy, who also had a show going on at Fox at the time. And even just getting a little glimpse into what they were doing helped us to feel a little bit better about what we were doing so less, less fucking crazy yeah like <laughs> this isn't only yeah. happening to us yeah you know and i think your podcast is um such a great tool i recommend it to everybody yeah I'm like when isaac told me about it i i i promise i said i hope we never have to go on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to have to go on that, man. The first thing I thought when we got the rejection was, I was like, well, this will be great for Dead Pilots. <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> well, I do. I mean, it does feel good to know that we can be at least like, uh, you know, a consolation prize, like a situation like you where you guys got so close, you, you worked yeah. so hard. And like a lot of what you want is just to hear an audience laugh at this, you know. At, yeah, at this yeah. Stuff. I mean, I just want. I'm just excited for people uh, in Iowa to to hear. Like, I really am. Like, I'm like, cool. Like, in episodes two and three to me are more near and dear to my heart than the pilot. And so the fact you let us read all three uh, yeah. meant a lot. Because here's the other thing about, like, developing TV that's, like, you we all work our whole life on how to write a pilot. And then when they were, like, write episodes two and three, I was like, I never written episodes two or three. Yeah, it's a I've, whole different it's thing. It's way different, yeah. and it is more enjoyable. But it's it was so like much, so much more enjoyable. I mean, that's the thing. It's just like you work so much on pilots. Pilots are the worst part of the process, right? It's just like once you get it out of the way, and all the expositions out of the way, and the characters are established, and then you can yeah. just like, and you have the voices. Because what's so hard is you, you know, you start writing. You, you know, you might have because you're writing people you know, but sometimes you don't have the voices yet, and mm -hmm. it takes the pilot writing process to get the voices. And then once you have them, mm -hmm. then it gets fun because the characters can just start talking. So yeah. you got you at least got to have some of that fun, yeah, it, it meant, more it fun meant part. A, yeah, and it meant a lot to like be able to like in reality without this freaking podcast, you know, forty people would have ever re read those three scripts. You know what I mean? Like tops, maybe twenty. Um, and now you know, hopefully, you know, I heard that you got you know. Uh, 20s of 30s listeners will get to um <laughs> no it's just nice to have it out in the world and like I, i'm excited uh more than more than the execs at fox will get to hear and it's it's really cool yeah and, it's like an actual like thing that we can point to now and be like oh you can hear it over here instead of just being like here's a pdf right L listen to bobby moynihan read the joke it's way fun yeah 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 that's why people should support and become maximum fund members to support Absolutely. what we're doing here or you could spend two years in development hell and they could also help. That's how we're supporting. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you provided us with the material, which, you know, yeah. we can't do this without it. Yeah. Um, Happy well, to help. it was really fun. I mean, I laughed a lot uh, that night. It's just like, it's really Thanks, man. It's just yeah. funny. Well, we're so it's grateful really for you and your whole team. Like, you yeah. guys did such a great job putting that show on. And and, like, yeah. And I'm proud of our show. I really think we would have had the funniest show on network television. <laughs> and, um, you know, I really, I truly believe that. And if I didn't believe that, I shouldn't be in this business. And I might be wrong. And you might have listened <laughs> to that and you think I'm wrong. But in my head, um, I love that fucking show. And I'm, I'm yeah. really bummed we don't get to explore it further, but stoked to you know take a new show out and figure it out yeah good luck with the with the the new one yeah yeah, yeah. Don't, be, don't, uh, don't end up back here <laughs> well you know what 
I had fun. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you do, at least there's that. We're going to actively try to sabotage. This yeah, just so, so we just so you can come back. If you if you run out of shit, I would be interested in revisiting. And this is not. This is just like <laughs> in maybe in a year or whatever when people are done with us, we'll do our. Um, we could do our Midwest best because that one is is pretty fun. But I would want to punch it up. I learned so much <laughs> through this process. I'd be like, you got to punch it up. You got to punch it up. Well, well, cool. The only real repeat, uh, you know, creator on the podcast has been me. You know, oh yeah, the, you well, know, like tons of mine, but no one else, no one else gets to do too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're also uh, one of the only people who, at the end of the interview, goes, "Tell me why I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Thanks yeah. for having us. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. So All right, much fun. And also, you. hey, just a heads up to anyone out there. Isaac and I will write for your show. We will write for fucking swamp people. We will write for <laughs> History Channel's gold diggers. We will write for American pickers. That's the best case. We need a fucking job. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. All right. There you have it. I mean... Isaac said it. I mean, right before you know Brooks uh, begged for a job, you heard Isaac spell out why this podcast is worth supporting. He used this podcast to help him learn how to write a comedy pilot, you know, uh, which you know they they sold and came so close to getting on the air. He used this show. I'm sure others have done the same. We want to keep doing this. Maybe you're in it just for the, the reads, just to laugh. Maybe you're in it for all the great information, the nitty-gritty about how pilots are actually uh, conceived, pitched, written, how to deal with notes, all the stuff that we get into. It's only, it's only really happening here. Show us some love. We really want to keep doing this. Show the Max Fun staff some love. Remember, Maximum Fun is becoming an employee-owned co-op. It's something you can feel great about supporting. And one more thing, you know, it's very likely there's going to be a writer's strike, which will mean no more original shows will be coming out for a bit. If you support us, we'll still be able to be here bringing you great original comedy. That's not going to be crossing a picket line. That's kosher. All right. One last time, Dead Pilot Society fans. And if you are listening to this after show, you are a fan. Show us some love. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join right now and become a member. The people you're supporting here, Dead Pilot Society's team, it's produced by me and Ben Blacker and our associate producer, Noah Findling, and it is edited and mixed by Jordan Katz. We're all real people. We work really hard on this show. Please support us. All right. We will be back next month with the episodes that have the highest likelihood that uh, Barack Obama will listen to. You'll understand when you hear those one last time. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join. All right. Thank you so much. I'm Andrew Reich, and thanks for listening. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.